1: Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
2: Wishing you a blessed Friday. It is Friday, October 27th. Great to be with you on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And don't forget, the Holy Father has called for another day of prayer and fasting for peace in the world. We'll have more on that in the news. And also, Catholic News Agency has a really great article that I shared with my listeners in the first hour of Catholic Connection, the Michigan and Ohio Hour, all about ways that you can really make this day of prayer very special. And it doesn't have to be all that complicated. They had some really great practical ideas in addition to going to Mass, going to Adoration. If you can't make a Holy Hour in terms of uh, adoring Jesus in the Eucharist at your local parish or chapel, you can make your own Holy Hour at home, they suggest, by reading Scripture, doing the Rosary, praying, and then, of course, fasting, fasting. And they had some great suggestions that, of course, in the Catholic Church tradition and teaching, fasting uh, is something that we know about and ways to fast from various foods and do smaller meals. But they also suggested to fast from something that you like to do or may do every day, such as drink coffee or listen to music or Go on social media and keep in touch with folks, maybe to fast in a different way. So there's some great ideas. You can find that article on catholicnewsagency.com. Coming up in the program today, looking forward to speaking with Doug Keck, President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN, on what's coming up for early November programming. We call it the inside word. He always gives us an update on what to expect so you can jot it down and not miss a thing. And at the bottom of the hour will be our Fact Check Friday. I don't know how many of you noticed, I hope you did, I hope you have, that very few networks who really are very guilty of gross negligence in the coverage of a particular story that wasn't really a story after all, regarding Hamas and the hospital in Gaza, how the media went with a press release from Hamas versus taking a breath, considering the source, And asking some questions they were completely wrong it was false and the responsibility for the dangerous situation that occurred the hospital was still standing it actually happened in a parking lot near the hospital has to do with groups that were terrorist groups that were supporting Hamas in Gaza nothing to do with the Israeli government even the president Joe Biden came out and said that Israel wasn't responsible but the media rushed to judgment because why It fit the narrative. This is why it's so important for us to pay attention to how the media are reporting on various issues. And we'll give you some more specifics at the bottom of the hour. And then we're going to wrap up a Friday now. I know it's hard to believe, but we're coming to the end of November and Advent is right around the corner. So this will be a great tool. Isaiah in the Light of Christ. It's with Dr. Peter Williamson. This is a free online course brought to you by the Institute for Lay Ministry of Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And of course, near and dear to my heart, because Sacred Heart is in the Archdiocese of Detroit, a beautiful seminary, so many great instructors, including Dr. Peter Williamson, our own Ralph Martin, Dr. Mary Healy, Dr. Robert Festigi, and so many others. But this program is really designed to help you through Advent, to make the most of Advent, and we'll explain with Dr. Peter Williamson as we wrap up a Friday morning edition of our program today of Catholic Connection. Weather-wise... We're still looking at heavy snow overnight in the Northern Plains and the first Santa Ana wind event forecast for Southern California. An early season winter storm, according to the National Weather Service, continuing overnight in the Northern Plains before tapering off this morning. The first significant Santa Ana wind event of the season, likely bringing strong winds and very low humidities to wind prone areas of Southwestern California through tomorrow night, and even into Monday evening, and then high wind and fire weather watches have been posted for those areas as well. So that's what the weather looks like right now, according to the National Weather Service. They're still looking for that gunman involved in that mass shooting in Maine. Can you believe it? We have the latest coming up in the news, so let's check in and see what's happening. It is four minutes past the hour on a Friday morning, October 27, 2023, and you're listening to e WTN, and let's get started with the news. Well, Mark Mayfield tells us a Coast Guard is now assisting in that manhunt for the suspected mass shooter in the state of Maine.
3: The Coast Guard has reportedly deployed sea and air assets to help look for 40-year-old Robert Card. 18 people were killed and 13 others injured in the town of Lewiston after a shooter opened fire inside a bowling alley and a bar Wednesday night. An arrest warrant has been issued for Card with officials saying he should be considered armed and dangerous. The Army confirmed that Card is enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve. Residents in the area have been asked to continue to shelter in place as the manhunt for Card continues.
2: The families of hostages taken prisoner by Hamas were on Capitol Hill this week.
4: We live in this bizarre universe of not knowing If our loved one is alive, dead, being taken care of, what did he eat, where did he sleep?
2: New York City native Ruby Chen calling on lawmakers to do everything they can to help secure the release of his 19-year-old son and the 200 other hostages. Chen's son was abducted by Hamas during the group's deadly ambush on October 7th. He is a soldier with the Israeli Defense Forces. Maryland Congressman Steini Hoyer told the family Congress is committed to bringing the hostages home. And the New York Police Department is now going to have uniformed officers at all colleges and universities in the city, with tensions high because of the war between Israel and Hamas. Chief John Shell says they were previously in plain clothes at times at the schools.
5: When there is a protest at a school, we have we have resources on site, we have resources off site, and we were working well at the schools. So we're going to continue to do that.
2: Officers helped keep the peace Wednesday at the Cooper Union when there was tension from a pro-Palestinian protest in front of Jewish students. Meanwhile, police say they have had about 110 demonstrations in the city since the Hamas attack on Israel. There's been more than 230 arrests, with just about all of them being for acts of disobedience, including being in the street unlawfully. Amid the ongoing Israeli-Hamas war in the Holy Land, the Holy Father has called for another day of prayer and fasting taking place today, October 27th. At the end of his general audience on on October 18th, Pope Francis said, the 27th will be a day of penance to which I invite sisters and brothers of the various Christian denominations, those belonging to other religions, with all those who have at heart the cause of peace in the world to join in as they see fit. A prayer vigil will take place at 6 p.m. as we mentioned earlier in St. Peter's Square where the faithful will join the Pope to take part in an hour of prayer and a spirit of penance to implore peace in our time and peace in this world. In testimony recently to the House Subcommittee on National Security, the Border and Foreign Affairs on Wednesday, experts said that religious persecution across the world poses a serious threat to American citizens and U.S. national security. The hearing, which was chaired by Wisconsin Republican Representative Glenn Grothman, was held just days before the 25th anniversary of the passage, Catholic News Agency reports, of the International Religious Freedom Act that elevated religious freedom to a U.S. foreign policy goal. David Curry, the president of Global Christian Relief, testifying that faith really is under fire and that Christians are especially impacted. According to Curry, there are approximately 360 million Christians around the globe Currently experiencing high levels of persecution or discrimination, and just for their beliefs. Meanwhile, the persecution of Christians, according to CNA, in Nigeria is among the most extreme in the world, according to the Catholic News Agency, as well as testimony given at the hearing. The experts mentioning groups such as the Islamic State West Africa Province and Boko Haram, who have been responsible for rampant Christian persecution in Nigeria for years. The groups have carried out massacres of entire towns and villages and have murdered, raped, tortured, CNA explains, and even kidnapped Christians simply before for being followers of Christ. Curry said that terror groups driven by extremist ideology have killed close to 13,000 Christians in Nigeria since 2019. Three West Michigan missionaries were killed in a car crash in Kenya this week. Kenya Hope Executive Directors Dave and Joy Mueller and Julie Holman, the daughter of the group's U.S. administrator, were killed in the crash Wednesday morning.
4: It is a
6: shock, and and I'm going to be perfectly honest, we're all struggling right now.
2: That's Kenya Hope Chairman Eric Hoogstra. Holman had recently graduated from nursing school and was just about to start her new job next week. Scott Pringle tells us New York Congressman George Santos is set to be arraigned today on new fraud charges. Well, Santos
3: is accused of stealing his campaign donors' identities and putting unauthorized charges on their credit cards.
5: He'll be in a federal courtroom in Central Islip for accusations of wire fraud and identity theft. Now, the Republican did post on social media he has no plans to resign and he's entitled to due process. Santos previously pleaded not guilty to separate federal charges. Meanwhile, fellow Long
3: Island Republican Congressman Anthony Diaz he just introduced a resolution to try and expel Santos.
2: The off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot who was accused of trying to shut down the engines on a plane that uh, has been charged in federal court. Joseph Emerson remaining in custody on 83 attempted murder charges filed by the state of Oregon and is also charged with interference with a flight crew. And Lisa Taylor tells us millions of Americans are actually struggling with hunger.
7: A new report from the Department of Agriculture shows that more than 44 million Americans were living in food insecure households in 2022, up more than 10 million from the previous year. In a press release on the report, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack called the findings unacceptable. Those millions of food insecure American households include more than 13 million children.
2: Forecasters say the first Sierra snowfall of the season was an impressive one. Researchers at the UC Berkeley Central Sierra Snow Lab Explain a snowstorm this week came in as snow rather than rain as was initially expected. That resulted in nearly four inches of fresh powder in the Tahoe region as of this morning. The CHP adds that the first chain controls of were issued during the storm on I-80 over the Donner Pass. Some snow is likely late next week, though it's not expected to be as wet as this recent system, but early for snow right now. And the United States GDP, or gross domestic product, is rising faster than expected this quarter. The GDP, again, or gross domestic product is a measure of all goods and services produced in the economy. According to figures released yesterday, it rose 4.9% from July through September, up from only an unrevised 2.1% pace. That's according to the Commerce Department. Economists attribute the sharp uptick to higher consumer spending, higher inventories, exports, residential investment, and government spending as well. Lucinda Key tells us it's labeled one of the most expensive cities in the country, and now there's a new survey that's showing folks saying, well, they can't take it anymore, and they're thinking about moving out of San Diego. This data comes from the nonprofit institute at the University of San Diego. It shows two-thirds say it's just too expensive. They say they're increasingly
3: concerned about housing, homelessness, and employment opportunities in the county. survey also shows
2: 83% of San Diegans benefit in some way from a nonprofit organization. The USD survey comes on the heels of a recent study from U.S. News & World Report. Its data shows San Diego is the most expensive place to live in the United States. Genetic testing company 23andMe disabling one of its features after worldwide reports of a data breach. The company says it has temporarily disabled parts of its DNA relatives feature, which allows users to share ancestry information with people around the world. The move was made after someone stole information that some users shared while using the feature. And Brian Shook tells us the FDA now issuing a safety advisory in six states for oyster lovers...
0: They were harvested earlier this month and sold in Florida, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maine, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency found salmonella and E. coli in the oysters. The company Future Seafoods has not issued a recall yet, but the FDA is urging restaurants to get rid of the oysters.
2: And finally, in our new segment at 815 on a Friday morning, October 27th, in some parts of the U.S., there are actually laws against houses being too scary for Halloween. Many homeowner associations now have restrictions on how loud your Halloween sound effects may be or how late you're allowed to frighten people. In Phoenix, Arizona, for example, there are zoning laws that prohibit decorations that are too loud or too bright. And there are also some rules in Los Angeles against turning your home into a haunted house. And in some towns such as Irvine, California, decorations that are too scary can incur a $500 fee Legally in the U.S., a trick-or-treater can sue a homeowner for scaring them too much and causing emotional stress. It is a Friday morning, October 27. Thanks for tuning in to EWTM. We'll take a quick break, as we always do at this time, about 15 minutes past hour, and then we come back and speak with our own president and chief operating officer, Doug Keck, and he'll give us the inside word. You don't want to miss it. It's a great way every week to find out what's coming out the next week in terms of terrific programming and all things one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. It's a Friday morning. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back.
8: underwritten in part by the following nonprofit.
0: Finding good health care, encouragement for healthier living, or solid spiritual direction can be frustrating. That's why the Catholic Healthcare Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering a health-sharing option. Curo's Christ-centered wellness services include Catholic wellness coaching, spiritual direction, and a Catholic community supporting your health and wellness needs. Visit cmfcuro.com to learn more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness.
7: The wisdom of Mother Angelica.
4: I told him about the woman who came to me and said her two children had spoken to each other for two years. Their grandma died, and she was very wealthy. She left half to each one. She said they're arguing over a commode. She said it's inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell and somebody saying to you, "What are you here for?"
3: EWTN. <laughs> Live truth.
5: Live Catholic.
8: More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
2: Thanks so much for listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Always great to catch up with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer. So, Doug, I had the uh, wonderful uh, opportunity to have lunch with our own Matthew Bunsen, and and it was so funny because I think there was one of the articles on either CNA or the Register that said the one thing everybody has in common, and Matthew concurred this, they're all tired because it's been quite the complicated and detailed last three weeks. But we've been doing, I think the network's been doing a fabulous job of keeping everyone up to date on everything that's happening.
5: I hope so. I, I think that's certainly our intention. And through our multiple outlets, obviously, with the limited information that at least officially comes out and and uh, the lack of, uh, let's say, lots of discussions about exactly what's being said specifically, I think, uh, obviously, the team in Rome, Matthew Bunsen and, and the whole news team and uh, Father D'Souza, and, and Catherine have done a, a great job, obviously, Monsi w- with her in-depth program, and certainly Raymond and his team uh, have been uh, following all along as well. And I think so uh, you can get the best, most accurate information and in the most balanced approach. Uh, you know, each one takes a slightly different take uh, on the particular events, and it's great if you uh, consume all three and it gives you a really balanced idea of exactly what's going on.
2: So what's happening now after the Senate winding down this week? What do we can expect from great programming from EWTN?
5: Well, we've got, as you were alluded to, the Prayer for Peace is happening uh, this afternoon. Uh, our coverage starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, so people can check that out if you want to pray along with the Pope for Peace, obviously, in the world, specifically for the Middle East. Later today, we've got our uh, coverage of uh, the Synod on Synodality, again with our, our team, and that's at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that'll Re-air at 11 p.m. and that'll be for today and for tomorrow, kind of wrapping everything up and giving as much context as can be given. Movie-wise, tomorrow night we've got Saint Martin de Porres's story. On Sunday, we have the Holy Mass for the conclusion of the Synod on Synodality. It airs live at 4:30, and then it will be on at noon. We'll re-air it then. Our coverage begins about 30 minutes before the actual event, and then next week uh, we've got All Hallows Eve showing up, and our classic every year we run on t- on Halloween. Mother Angelica's Live Classics, where she had all the young kids dressed as saints uh, on her program, which is really, really popular. And then All Saints Day on Wednesday, we've got a a very good program on the great sermons featuring a famous uh, sermon by the Curator of Ours. Uh, You can check that out. Also, we've got happening next week on All Saints Day, the Explore with the Miracle Hunter. Uh, He's going to focus on Naples and St. Januarius and, uh, you know, the Miracle of the Blood. Uh, That happened, and so we've got that program as well And then we've got uh, a wonderful classic program With the great late Father Thomas DuBay, All about the saints as marvelous teachers And of course the Mass from the Basilica in Washington And then we roll into All Souls Day With a wonderful program, St. Joseph, patron of happy death That our own Father Joseph did And of course we also have an interesting Mass on All Souls Day Coming from California with Archbishop Gomez And also a program on purgatory The Forgotten Church on next Thursday, the 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can check out all our programming at EW10.com. And don't forget about our on-demand platform and our YouTube channel as ways to catch up on programs if you miss them. And also from an audio and video, check out uh, our Podcast Central as well.
2: Wow. I mean, there's so much to choose from. Are you finding that more people are using those alternative outlets, do you think?
5: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely, we're seeing that and we're hearing it. It's just, you know, it's just a time-shifting approach. Younger people obviously like it, but I think even uh, people, you know, our age or, uh, you know, just from the convenience of, uh, of having it available, I think, you know, with the coming of the Netflix and those kind of on those platforms, people have gotten used to the idea of being able to say, I'm going to go and get this now and watch it when it's convenient to me and not mm-hmm. worry about you know well I gotta go watch this at 730 or I gotta DVR it, otherwise I'm gonna miss it not that people don't DVR and, rec- and watch later either but this gives people a great opportunity uh, to, to watch it any time or to recommend it to somebody else and of course what's great with our YouTube and on demand platforms they're all free and we keep adding programs um, you know every day virtually and uh, there's a ton of material there and you should really check it out uh, because I think you'd be surprised at how much is actually there
2: well, I just want you to know how much you're appreciated. and I'm sure you hear you know great feedback all the time, but just kind of to to really remind you of that. So I, I was mentioning earlier that I was able to spend time, uh, have a nice lunch with pranzo with Matthew, mm-hmm. and we were having mass with our group, wrapping up our wine and shrine pilgrimage. It was our our last mass before our vigil mass before everyone went home. We were at Santa Maria sopra Minerva, and so Matthew and I were texting. He says, "Well, ho- I love that church. I'll hop in a cab and come over and meet you." And he just mm-hmm. happened to arrive right in time after mass was over and the women were still seated. So I brought him up and he said a few words and you know, how many of you listened to EWTN, practically every hand went up, how many of you? Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, individually, people came up to him and thanked him for the teaching that he gives, but also his calming presence on the air right. and explaining right. things in a way that people can understand. So I think there's a, just in case, I know we, it's, it's nice to get those accolades, we don't often right. hear them, but I thought it was very refreshing that they made a point of going up to him afterward and thanking him and being very specific in terms of what the various types of programming means to them.
5: Right, absolutely, and and I think, you know, he has a vast, vast historical knowledge of the history of the church, which he brings, uh, you know, and to contextualize so many things going on today that many times we think are the first time we've ever dealt with this and and can indicate that that's not always that's not really the case in many cases the church has survived this I think uh, yes we need to be concerned at different times and we need to pay attention but we also don't need to lose hope at all and I think obviously he has that uh, that calming influence in in all our coverage and everything we've done so I think you're you're right on the money with that, and that experience is similar to as you know uh, what we experience at a family celebration or something sure. when mm-hmm. people are thrilled just be able to see the people there, and then uh, individuals come up or they they go to the meet and greet line and tell people, you know how much an individual you know, and you never know as we know. Um, you know, what's impacting people's lives. Uh, sometimes you think the things that are the big splashes don't seem to have the big splash, and it's the small little things that really have touched people, and people come and say, well, this was really important to me at a time when I was really struggling. And I think that's one of the unique gifts that Mother Angelica had and, and provided for so many people and still provides for people today who are discovering her anew. Uh, and I think that's the charism of BWTN.
2: And sometimes when you don't feel like you know coming into the office or doing a show or doing, <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, I'm tired. I just I'm not making a difference. And then someone will write you or you'll bump into somebody right. and they say that that just keeps us going. So I'm excited to to see the program again with all the kids. That that's one of your most popular ones this time of year, isn't it? With mother. Oh, and absolutely. All the kids. Yeah.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. It's mother at her best because it shows her, you know, interacting with kids. She loved kids. She loved obviously the baby Jesus, uh, el divino niño, and so she she loves children. Uh, and she had a great time interacting with them. You know, she's funny naturally, uh, and the kids, you know, are, are you know just say things off the top of their head. And mother has a great time with them. It's, it's a really warm program that we run every year, and it's a very very popular program.
2: It's it's warm, it's fun, it's funny, but it's also, I think, a great way to evangelize because mm-hmm. there may be someone tuning in who may not be familiar with a particular saint right?
5: Oh absolutely and also the idea of you know I think in the world we live in today you know I mean maybe Maybe there were always issues, but I know growing up with Halloween, you know, maybe it was Casper the Friendly Ghost and, mm-hmm. you know, people dressed up like a pirate, you know, kind of a thing. But there's a certain level of, I don't, you know, how many g- giant skeletons can people put on their front lawns? Right. And, the, and it's, it's, it's macabre, you know, it's very, you know, there, there's a dar- real darkness to a lot mm-hmm. of the Halloween stuff. You know, that light kind of more, you know, gee, we go out and get some candy kind of thing has a, at least the decorations are much darker, I think, uh, you know, and and more ominous than they were when we were kids. And and I think that's uh, that's troubling. Uh, and I've also been troubled to some degree at how early people are putting out Halloween decorations. Yep. I mm-hmm. mean, that was never a big thing. and no. uh, And even lights and things like that. I'm like, what is this? christmas yeah it's not the, eph- the
2: emphasis is very different in terms yep. of on what's yep. important versus versus christmas exactly you Doug, got have it. a great weekend yep. thanks again all and right look my forward friend to having you back on the program to remind us all the great events and programs and movies and talk shows that we have available to everyone at ewtn.com fact check friday coming up we'll be right back on october 27 2023 stay tuned
1: now the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph.
4: Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for the caregivers of the sick. O Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we adore you. You have first loved us, and through your Son you have taught us the excellence of self-giving love. Give to those who are caregivers of a sick parent or child, brother or sister, the assistance of your holy angels. Lessen their burdens and give them great joy in practicing a work of mercy. And since charity is never forgotten by you, reveal to them their heavenly reward, amen.
0: Those who deny the full humanity of the pre-born will be toying with the sentiments of pro-life people. They will say, you can't really believe in the humanity of the
8: unborn unless you support this or that piece of legislation. The pro-life position
6: is quite different. We might well believe that we need to improve social conditions. But first of all, we believe that the preborn are a good to be protected even if born into poverty, even if born into unstable, violent homes. We want to eliminate those terrible conditions, but it is the height of arrogance to tell human beings like unborn children who cannot communicate or reason or stand up for themselves that they are better off dead because we know from our own experience
3: that we would choose life and survival over death no matter how poor our social environment. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
2: 28 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And if you didn't get a chance to jot down any of the uh, great suggestions Doug was making for upcoming programming, don't forget, everything is on the website at ewtn.com, or you can even go back and re-listen to the segment with Doug and just go to AveMariaRadio.net, go to the archive section of Catholic Connection. And my wonderful producer, Andrew, will have it up for you. Usually he has all the programs and their links, the segments, I should say, and their links up by about noon Eastern time. So just keep that in mind if you want to go back and listen and share, or if you want to make sure you heard something correctly, lots of times people will write and say, well, why did you say this? And I write back and I say, well, I actually didn't say that. Here's the link to what I said. So just a little suggestion. Okay. So this is a fact check Friday segment where we take a look at the media and fact check them and big, big, big gross negligence on the part of most of the secular media especially the legacy media, the big networks, CNN, NBC, ABC, MSNBC. It was just beyond ridiculous. I'm talking about the story that went out that wasn't a story after all. You remember this. It was about, I think, just over 10 days ago, almost two weeks ago now. But it's still kind of trickling out with the networks slowly making a correction. So Hamas put out a press release, a statement to the media claiming And again, this was um, well over a week, 10 days ago, but the story is still continuing because of the networks finally admitting some of them, but not very strongly, that they were wrong in a big way. So the story was, according to Hamas, that Israel had bombed a hospital in Gaza and hundreds, as many as 500 innocent people were killed. So what do the media do? Instead of A, considering the source which is a terrorist organization that wants to, by its own admission, wipe Israel off the planet, thinking about, okay, problematic, number one, instead of thinking about that and then double-checking, getting another source, because you're always supposed to use at least, if not more, two sources when you're doing a story, that's Journalism 101, and check it out, when in doubt, check it out. And there's even an old saying in the media, in journalism, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. Because you're supposed to check the source, consider the source, and check it out, investigate before running with something. Anything, especially something so serious, God forbid, as a bombing at a hospital in the middle of a war. So they didn't do that. What did they do? They basically regurgitated the statement from Hamas. Now, there's so much wrong with that in addition to just the sourcing issue. And it shows right up front the agenda that the media have. The media, for the most part, do not like Israel. And they've made that clear in terms of the way they're covering the story. And there's a number of surveys that have been done already. You can go to newsbusters.org, Media Research Center, and a few others. National Review had some stories on this, as well as a federalist uh, did some good coverage on this as well. So this fit their agenda. Perfectly fit their agenda. See mean old Israel. Now, I'm not saying that that Israel has, has done everything perfectly. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in terms of this particular situation, this didn't happen. Even the president eventually came out and said Israel was not responsible. It was actually a rocket that backfired that was launched by one of the terrorist groups supporting Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So Israel had nothing to do with that particular situation. But Hamas immediately seized the moment to try to put a bad image out there about Israel and a good majority of the legacy and the secular media bought it hook, line, and sinker because they wanted it to be true. There's no other way to explain it. Now, let me give you a a couple of instances and comparisons. So right now, we're still following this horrible story of this gunman in the state of Maine, Lewiston, Maine who went into two locations and now has killed as many as 16 to 18 people, injured dozens of others. So after this happened, there were questions in terms of how many people were killed versus how many people were hurt. And even the police chief, in a press conference the following morning, so hours later, said we're still not sure about the number of people killed. We're still looking into this. And yet, within less than an hour of Hamas releasing this statement, the media ran even with the number of 500 killed. How did they know that? How could they be so sure? Or let's take a look at the accident that happened near New Orleans. I think it was last week or earlier this week. It was a horrible accident. It was a huge pileup. Dozens and dozens of cars were involved. And a number of people were killed. But again, hours later... Hours later, sophisticated law enforcement rescue operations were trying to figure out how many people were killed in that instance. And then you're in the middle of a situation in Gaza, which doesn't have the search and rescue operations that they do in more sophisticated places. And the media are running with the story big time, all over the place. This is what happens when you rush to judgment Because this is a story you want to portray. The same thing happened with Nicholas Sandman. How soon we forget, how soon the media forget, no matter how many times they're corrected or eventually forced to correct themselves, they keep doing the same thing over and over again because they want to put out a particular agenda. This is why it is so careful, and I know I say this till I'm blue in the face, to stop and think and do your own homework. Even though some of the networks, including... And some of the outlets, such as the New York Times and CNN, are now issuing very mild corrections. Oh, gee, we probably shouldn't have gone with Hamas as our only source on this story, you think? Many people, I guarantee you, if they've heard about this story, they still are probably convinced, based on the way the media put it out there, that Israel was responsible for a bombing at a hospital that killed 500 people. They rush to judgment because it's about agenda. It's not even about sloppy reporting. Well, it is sloppy reporting. But whatever they can do to put out a story that bolsters their agenda. This is the same thing that happened with Nicholas Sandman. And it was just the opposite when we got down to business and found out what was really going on. The media were sent from Native American activists a very short blurb of Nicholas Sandman, a young high school student from Covington, Kentucky, At the end of the March for Life, standing there with a group of students, with a mega hat on, and this Native American activist approached him, and it looked from the very short clip like Sandman possibly had somewhat of a smirk on his face. And so what happened? It went viral. People went nuts, including even many Catholics who had to later come back and apologize because they realized they were wrong. And I remember people were contacting me, why aren't you saying anything about this? Because they don't know the whole story yet. You have one clip of what happened. And yet when more information in the longer video was released, come to find out it was just the opposite. The same Native American activists who were in front of the Covington Catholic High School kids that day at the March for Life several years ago also went to the Basilica of the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception and tried to to disrupt Mass that evening. Did that story make it on the news? No. And what happened? Salmon literally and his family had to go into hiding even after corrections were made. And those corrections, by the way, were few and far between. Then he was forced to sue. And the cases are still ongoing because it was one of the worst defamation cases ever in terms of what they said about that young man. And barely are CNN and New York Times apologizing. Gross negligence. Not just sloppy reporting, but purposeful reporting to push an agenda versus the truth. And that's our Fact Check Friday on October 27th. We'll be right back.
7: What are we asking God the Father when in the Lord's Prayer we plead, Thy kingdom come? The Catholic Catechism states the kingdom of God lies ahead of us, It is brought near in the Word Incarnate, Jesus Christ. It is proclaimed throughout the whole gospel. In Christ's death and resurrection, it has come, in the Eucharist. It is actually in our midst. When Christ hands it over to the Father, the kingdom will come in glory. St. Cyprian speculates the kingdom of God may even mean Christ himself coming into our lives. In the context of the Lord's Prayer, Thy Kingdom Come is referring primarily to the final coming of the reign of God through Christ's return. Since Pentecost, the coming of God's reign is the work of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The end times in which we are living is the age of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Father Benedict Groeschel. Ah, I love reverence. Wherever I go in
0: the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings, and no matter what I see, I see reverence. awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh, yes, let me say it. And when I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man. While the police were coming, the ambulance, they removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered, respect. I wish it were true today.
5: EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic.
2: 39 minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. Always great to catch up with the wonderful instructors at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. It's known internationally across the United States for their great work in teaching the faith. And among those on the staff, Dr. Peter Williamson, and there's a beautiful, beautiful online educational course, and it's free, and it just looks amazing, Isaiah in the Light of Christ. Dr. Williamson, always great to talk to you. So tell us about this online program, first of all. Is this for Advent specifically?
6: Yes, it is, uh, Teresa. It's uh, focused on Advent. Um, The title of the course is Isaiah in the Light of Christ. And we're going to look at five passages from Isaiah that the Church reads during the season of Advent
2: and Christmas. Wow, it sounds beautiful. But you have others involved with you, including Adam Cardinal Mida, correct? Um,
6: I I am the Adam Cardinal Maida chair of uh, Scripture, but I don't oh, think okay. that he's particularly yeah. involved in, in the series. Now, <clears throat> so it's a... It's a course that was, has four modules, basically four presentations, that covers, as I said, these five different texts from Scripture. And um, people, it's absolutely free. Uh, it's online and self-paced, so people can access it whenever they want. And it starts Sunday, November 19. Uh, the, uh, people can register for it by going to... SHMS for Sacred Heart Major Seminary. forward slash Advent. SHMS. forward slash Advent. And um, well, you know, Isaiah is very relevant. The very first text that we talk about is the one that says uh, this. Let me read it. <clears throat> it's it's this is written by Isaiah. You know, in the eighth century B.C. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of a political and social situation that is not very different from our own in some ways, he gets this prophecy that says, uh, you know, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the highest of the mountains and be lifted above the hills, and all nations shall float it. So even though they're living in Israel that's only focused on its own relationship with God, he's prophesying that God is going to bring all nations to come to worship the God of Israel. And it says, for out of Zion will go, will go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Something that happened in the Acts of the Apostles says, the word of the Lord goes forth from Jerusalem. But then it says, he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So God gives the prophet Isaiah a vision of the end of history, the end of time, far beyond anything anybody else was thinking about at that time, and a and peace that God himself would bring about on the earth. And that's what we wait for and long for. So, and the season of Advent is focused around. You know, Advent focuses on the first and second coming of Christ. And actually begins focusing on on the second coming, when this ultimate peace is brought by Jesus Christ and and God's kingdom is fully established. Uh, But then it goes on and talks about Christmas, and we'll cover both of those things, the birth of of the Messiah and what it means, meant for the world and means for uh, us in the future.
2: What I like about it, Dr. Williams, is that it's so doable. I mean, the lecture video is 20 minutes, Alexio Divina exercise is 10, you have a personal assessment quiz, it's five minutes, and you also provide some supplemental reading material. So it's not like you're sitting down and you have to spend, not that that would be a bad thing, but a lot of people just simply can't do that, especially as a holidays approach. So it's very doable in terms of someone who's very busy.
6: Yeah, that's exactly right. And we wanted to make it uh, as as user-friendly as possible. You know, It's a it's a MOOC, a, a mass open online course.
2: And, <laughs> I love uh, that. That's that's a new acronym I have not heard yet. MOOC. Okay, oh, yeah. I have to write that down. <laughs> yeah, MOOCs. Yeah, yeah.
6: I always have to look it up to remember what it stands for. But it's mass open online course. Any rate, uh, there's there are many universities offer them as a way of making it possible for people to benefit from you know the learning of of scholars and, and on a free basis without enrolling in a course without grades without uh, you know uh, any of those onerous things and without uh, hefty tuition so uh, so that's the idea of it is to somehow spread learning for free you know as widely as possible
2: I really I really like the idea but I love the I love the book of Isaiah. I just think it's a so it's such a beautiful book and as you said the 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 verses are, are so timely today. I mean it's it's you know scripture is always timely it's the word of God but yeah. this is just awesome especially for Advent because you you always want to get something maybe fresh or new or look at things from a different perspective. And so you're having a lot of fun with this, aren't you? You're really enjoying it.
6: I I am very much. I, I'm working on a commentary on the book of Isaiah, so this is very much on my mind every day i'm thinking about isaiah and i'm rereading over the sections that i'm going to be writing on that day or, or uh, yeah editing and then um <clears throat> you know isaiah is of all the books in the old testament the one that is most quoted or alluded to in the new testament mm-hmm. one one list has it at at 419 times i don't know if that's well it depends on how you measure them but uh, even more than the book of psalms psalms is very close but isaiah more than any other book, and it's also the book we Catholics read most at Mass, in in the lecture, in the Old Testament book, that is. Uh, Some people call Isaiah the Fifth Gospel. I I know that uh, we also speak about pilgrimage to the Holy Land as the Fifth Gospel, but uh, both are vying for that title.
2: We're talking with Dr. Peter Williamson from Sacred Heart Major Seminary, Isaiah in the Light of Christ. It's a free online equipped course brought to you by the Institute for Lay Ministry of Sacred Heart Major Seminary, and Dr. Williamson, by the way, is the Adam Cardinal Mita Chair in Sacred Scripture at Sacred Heart. And- Doctor, that's why I got so excited, because I love Cardinal Maida. I got to know him really well when I was a secular media person. I was just reading it too fast and <laughs> thinking that Cardinal oh Maida was in it somehow, which would have been great, because he's, he's wonderful. But this is fantastic. I just think having these different outlets available to folks, because it's non-threatening. Sometimes even if you go to a class, you may think, oh, gosh, I'm so over my head, and I don't understand it, so, pe- so many people are so far ahead of me. But I love the fact that you can do this self-paced.
6: Yes, that is very good. And so people may be able to catch the the lecture at maybe twenty to thirty minutes at one time, and then they go back and read the text and have a little Lectio Divina time on their own. And they say, "Okay, I'll I'll pop that quiz in front of me." And uh, there is quizzes that are optional, but there but a person can correct his answers. You know. And so the idea is by going over the quiz, it helps you review the material uh, if you want to do that. So it's all. Self-directed and uh, flexible for people's schedule.
2: Knowing as much as scripture about as as you do about scripture as you do, is it difficult to narrow this down to 20-minute uh, segments? Because you must have so much insight and so much information. Because you teach this for a living.
6: Yeah, well, um, I, I I do uh, you know, I do love it a lot and. Uh, I, but do find it difficult. And in this case, I chose four passages from the, or five passages from the first 12 chapters of Isaiah, Uh, because Isaiah is a big book. It has 66 chapters. So there's other parts of Isaiah that cover, that talk about the passion of our Lord. Those are more like 52, 53, also chapter 50. And I would like to go back and do another short course on you know, Isaiah, in the light of Christ, that touches on other parts of, of the book, because it's, it's a massive book. Isaiah is uh, the longest of the books of the prophets. is very beautiful. It's a little complicated. <laughs> it's the most challenging of, of the books to interpret that I've ever tried to write a commentary on. So uh, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but it's hard to boil it down because there's so much there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it begins on Sunday, November 19th, and runs through Saturday, December 16th. You can do this on your own, but it won't be, I'm assuming the way it's structured, it won't be available to log on to until the 19th. Is that correct?
6: That's correct. Although I believe people can register as of right now by uh, going to shms.edu forward slash advent.
2: So, how would you would you suggest that people do this, Dr. Williamson? Being that it's for Advent, would you say do one each week, or, or I know it's self-paced, but what would you recommend? Is there a, a, a way to approach this to think that would be most beneficial?
6: I think it's designed so that people would would do one per week and and therefore complete it before Christmas uh, by starting uh, you know there in late November. And I think there's an extra week in there in case people don't get it in that particular week. So. I, I think if people start it somewhere, you know, or if they start a little later, it'll all work out. And of course, since it's self-paced, people can do it even after Christmas. Uh, and they can do a couple at a time if they want, you know. So I think it's very flexible for people's use.
2: Do you have a favorite verse in, in, in the five that you chose for this uh, self-paced course? Is there one that really speaks to you?
6: Well, gee, that's hard, that's hard to choose. Um, I think I do like I do like the line that I just read about nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. You know, I actually recorded these lectures about a month ago, and now as we reflect on what's going on in uh, in, in the Middle East, um, and we see the tragedy, the harm of war, um, the pain of war. We we see these videos of people who've lost loved ones, uh, both Jews and, and Palestinians, and uh, And we think about the horror of war, what's going on in Ukraine as well, and uh, it's one of the worst things that can happen, you know, in in human life is to to be victims of war. And what Jesus is going to bring about is an end to war and and the establishment of peace, and he's going to bring justice. And so I, I find these prophecies, some of the prophecies, not only this one, but another several of them, actually, in Isaiah, that speak about the ultimate future, as Mm. as particularly gratifying. They're the source of our hope. We look forward to the coming of God's kingdom. Mm. And that's, of course, what Jesus proclaimed, that the kingdom of of God is is near. And uh, I think that that's probably the part that I like best.
2: I like Isaiah 9-6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting father prince of peace. I love yes. that. That gets me choked up every time I read it.
6: Yes, I agree with you. That's a very beautiful passage and it's one of the passages of course that we'll be looking at uh, in this course.
2: That's awesome. So are you you said you'd be doing other ones uh possibly maybe looking at Isaiah for Lent, do you think? For a course?
6: Well, you know, um I haven't talked to the people at the Institute for Lay Ministry, but I'm actually, I'll declare it right here and now, I'm willing to do another Isaiah in the light of Christ that focuses more on the passion and and death of our Lord and resurrection, if they're interested in doing that. So I think that's an idea that we ought to pursue.
2: All right. Well, we have the exclusive here on Catholic Connection. You heard it. So I I hope it happens because that would be terrific. Dr. Pete, it's always great to catch up with you. Thanks for all you do for Sacred Heart Major Seminary and for the faith. And again, uh, let me tell you about this, folks. You can find it at the website of Sacred Heart Major Seminary explore.shms.eu and they can just put in Isaiah in the Light of Christ. We'll have a link also on Catholic Connections and don't worry if you didn't write it down. We will have it for you available. Isaiah in the Light of Christ with Dr. Peter Williamson who has been our guest for the last 15 minutes. It's a free online equipped course brought to you by Lay Ministry at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in the Arts Diocese of Detroit. Free online self-paced course uh, Sunday, November 19th through Saturday, December 16th and it's wonderful and free And you can do it again, as it says, at your own pace. Dr. Williamson, thanks so much. Great to speak with you. Thank
6: you very much, Teresa, for all you do. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, and God bless. Have a great weekend. Once again, folks, check out the great work of not only Dr. Peter Williamson, but also the other professors at Sacred Heart Major Seminary, many of whom are very well connected to EWTN. So again, Sacred Heart Major Seminary, shms.edu, for their online self-paced courses. This one sounds wonderful. All about Isaiah And just in time for Advent. Can you believe we're talking about Advent? I can't. Time is way too quickly. Speaking of time, almost 53 minutes past the hour, which means we have to take a break. We'll be right back to let you know what's coming up on a Monday morning edition of Catholic Connection. It's a co-production, of course, of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. We'll be right back.
8: People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Can your messy house lead to anxiety? I'm Chuck Gatica,
3: and this is Journey Strong. St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians states that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. If you walk in the door at home and you are greeted by clutter, Peace may be hard to find. A messy house can lead to cognitive overload. While we're trying to concentrate on one thing, clutter can distract. According to research, women may be more affected by this type of anxiety. Societal roles and expectations can enhance the stress. To be fair, other underlying mental health disorders can lead to more clutter. Depression, hoarding and OCD, just to name a few. However, clutter can sometimes lead to more creativity. Bottom line, don't let a messy house define you as a good or bad person. Take baby steps to negotiate with those responsible for messes to make change or hire a cleaning person. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on clutter at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
0: Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot?
2: Thank you so much for tuning in to EWTN, the Global Catholic Radio Network. This program, as always, co-produced by EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. Coming up on Monday, we will have our Scripture Verse of the Week with Gail Buckley and much more programming. We're following closely this story that continues to develop out of Lewiston. There is a new statement from the bishop there. Bishop Robert Dealey releasing a statement saying, while it may seem impossible to find hope in a time such as this, we can draw hope from our spiritual roots, trusting that a loving God will not abandon us. And there's some uh, powerful stories that are coming out now about the victims and how they uh, were put themselves in harm, harm's way to save others. And you always hear that after tragedies like this. So we pray for the people in Maine and also pray for law enforcement who are still on this major manhunt. It's just incredible that he has not been uh, found yet. So we're going to pray about that this week. And of course, at Mass. And don't forget, EW10 covering the big prayer event. From the Pope, including the event in St. Peter's tonight. Talk to you on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. Have a blessed weekend.
1: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's ave Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.